Recorded live. Jeremiah live Bible study. Well, today we get to the end of Jeremiah. We're going to go up to Jeremiah 52, chapter 52, all the way to the end. We're going to be picking it up in verse 24 when we get to Jeremiah. But first, we must give glory to God in the Psalms. We're going to go to Psalms 112. We use a King James Version Bible. We ask the Father for the wisdom, the knowledge, and understanding in the name of Jesus. Psalms 112. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. Fearing the Lord will make you blessed. Yes. Why? Because you fear what the consequences will be if you don't follow what God wants you to do. His seed shall be mighty upon earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Wealth and riches shall be in his house, and his righteousness endureth forever. Unto the upright there ariseth light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. A good man showeth favor and lendeth. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. He hath dispersed. He hath given to the poor his righteousness endureth forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. You see, Psalms 112 tells you what happens when you, first of all, fear the Lord and are walking in the commandments of God and doing what God wants you to do. And as believers, following in the footsteps of Yahshua. He was our example. He showed us what God wanted us to do. For Israel, flesh part of the Bible... You understand that this psalm is for those and what should have happened in Israel if they had done what God wanted them to do. Did they end up doing that? No, not in the least. They walked away from God almost from the beginning and God kept giving them chance after chance after chance, after chance, starting in the wilderness and going all the way through that they became a nation and God did great things for them. 
and ultimately uh, Judah and Israel split and you had the kingdom of Israel and you had the kingdom of Judah and because the kingdom of Israel which was the ten tribes of Jacob had been taken into captivity with the Assyrians and gone because of the evil they had done Judah saw this, the kingdom of Judah, which was connected to King David, and they saw this happening to Israel. Did they listen? Did they change things? No. They went down the same path. It took some time later, many, many years later, after Israel was taken to Assyria, and dispersed and scattered among the Gentiles that Judah also fell. I want us to take a look at, you see, the psalm, it tells us what happens when we trust God. Jeremiah tells us what happens when we don't. First, Turn to Jeremiah 19. Jeremiah 19. You see, Jeremiah came to Judah, the kings that were over Judah for many years. Almost 40 years, if not 40 years. Depending on the kings that were there, Jeremiah went and spoke to many of the kings that were over Judah. Absolutely. Go to, before you do that, I want you to go to Jeremiah chapter 1, just so you know how many kings Jeremiah spoke to. God had sent them, sent Jeremiah to these kings. It wasn't just one and it wasn't just a little bit. The word of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah of the priest, that were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the day of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. It also came, it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the end of the eleventh year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, unto the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So, you see, Jeremiah was there the, the whole time trying to get them to turn back to God. And what we see here and what we've been seeing in Jeremiah 52 is the end of those verses right there saying Jeremiah was warning them even until they were actually going into captivity. Now, what is it that they were doing? What was the problem? What was one of God's warnings? What did God tell them to do? We're going to find that out. We're just going to read through Jeremiah 19 a little bit first. So let's read it. Thus saith the Lord, go and get a potter's earthen bottle, and take of the ancients of people and of the ancients of the priests. And so 
what that means is the elders and the leaders of the religious community, the priesthood. And go forth unto the valley of the son of Hinnom, which is by the entry of the east gate, and proclaim there the words that I shall tell thee. And say, Hear ye the word of the Lord, O kings of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place. The which whosoever heareth his ears shall tingle, because they have forsaken me and have estranged this place and have burned incense into in it unto other gods whom neither they or nor their fathers have known nor the kings of Judah and have filled this place with the blood of innocence. They have built also the high places of Baal to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal. You understand? So part of what Judah was doing was that they were offering sacrifices to different gods. One of the gods was the god Baal, and one of the things that Baal required them to do was to burn their children on the altar to Baal. You understand? They took their living children and killed them and offered them to Baal. God says, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that this place shall no more be called Tophet, nor the valley of the son of Hinnom, but the valley of slaughter. That's it. You're going to end as a nation. And I will make void the council of Judah and Jerusalem in this place, and I will cause them to fall by the sword before their enemies and by the hands of them that seek their lives, and their carcasses will I give to be meat for the fowls of the heaven and for the beast of the earth. And I will make this city desolate and a hissing every one that passeth by shall be astonished and hissed because of all the plagues thereof. And I will cause them to eat the flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters. You understand why this happened? Because when the king of Babylon came up against Jerusalem, Jerusalem was surrounded by a very powerful wall. And so they couldn't get through the wall. So what they did was the Chaldeans, the Babylonian army, surrounded the city with thousands of troops. There was no way that they could get in and out of the city without being seen by, you know, the Chaldeans, so they couldn't sneak out for food. This went on for years, and so they starved the people out of Jerusalem so that they, you know, finally, they didn't have any food left. And guess what they were eating when they ran out of the bread and they ran out of the stuff? They started to eat their children. That's right. The flesh of their sons and the flesh of their daughters, and they shall eat everyone the flesh of his friend and the siege and straightness wherewith their enemies, and they that seek their lives shall straighten them. So, you know, hey, <laughs> when they start eating, they're hungry. 
So there was some cannibalism going on in Jerusalem at the time. Then shall thou break the bottle in the sight of the men that go with thee. So Jeremiah was warning them way back then. This was what was going to happen. He brought the elders out there, and he, he brought the priest out there, and he was showing them what would happen. And then he broke the bottle that God had told him to do, and they saw him break the bottle. And then he said, And shall say unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Even so will I break this people and this city, as one breaketh a potter's vessel that cannot be made whole again, and they shall bury them in Tophet, till there be no place to bury. So when the king of Babylon came in, as we've read in chapter 52, they broke down the wall. They burnt the buildings. They burnt the city. They burnt the, the king's palace. They burnt the temple. They, burnt every, they destroyed that city. Twelve. Thus will I do unto this place, saith the Lord, and to the inhabitants thereof, and even make this city as Tophet, and the houses of Jerusalem, and the houses of the kings of Judah shall be defiled as the place of Tophet, because of all the houses upon whose roofs they have burnt incense unto all the hosts of heaven, and have poured out drink offerings unto other gods. So you understand they got connected with idolatry, all kinds of worship to other gods. They went on top of the roofs and were making altars up there and burning incense to everything you could think of. And we've read it in chapter 52. What happened was when God had them come in, he had them burn all those places that they had been burning this incense to. Then came Jeremiah from Tophet, where the Lord had sent him to prophesy. And he stood in the court of the Lord's house and said to all the people, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Behold, I will bring upon this city and upon all her towns all the evil that I have pronounced against it, because they have hardened their necks, that they might not hear my words. You understand, Psalms told us, if you fear God, you listen to his commandments, you follow what he tells you to do, you'll be righteous and he'll take care of you and he'll have mercy on you. But if you don't, then you're going to end up destroyed. Christian, you're going to end up destroyed the same way. I want us to go to chapter 21 here in Jeremiah a little bit more regarding these prophecies of Jeremiah and, of course, we know the fulfillment of them came to pass because we are in Jeremiah 52. 21, verse 1, the words which came unto Jeremiah from the Lord when King Zedekiah sent unto him Pasher, the son of Melchiah, and Zephaniah, the son of Messiah, or I should say Messiah, the priest, saying... Inquire, I pray thee, of the Lord for us, for Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, maketh war against us. If so be that the Lord will deal with us according to all his wonderful works, that he may go up from us. So you see, guess what? (laughs) 
Now Zedekiah is asking Jeremiah to go ask God to actually help them out now. Even though Jeremiah has been telling King Zedekiah what he needed to do all this time. And now, since he sees Nebuchadnezzar out there and Jeremiah has been telling him that that's what was going to happen, now that he sees Nebuchadnezzar, now he's going to God, but it's too late. You understand, Christian? It can be too late for you. Absolutely. And when does that take place? When Satan is on earth. When the Antichrist has set up Satan's kingdom on earth. When the supernatural arrives. If you're not following God before that and following in the footsteps of Jesus and being led by the Holy Spirit before that happens, then when that occurs, you will be led down the path of destruction. So Nebuchadnezzar sees the king of Babylon now. And so when you see Satan and his system and the Antichrist, it's going to be too late can't go to God then. You've had your chance. So, he wants God to intervene. So what does God tell Jeremiah to say? Then said Jeremiah, verse 3, unto them, thus shall ye say to Zedekiah, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, behold, here's what I'm going to do for you. I will turn back the weapons of war that are in your hands. It ain't going to work too well for you, is it? Wherewith ye fight against the king of Babylon and against the Chaldeans which besiege you without the walls, and I will assemble them in the midst of the city. So guess what? Your weapons, I'm going to be fighting against you. They're going to be useless to you. And ultimately, they're going to end up in your city right here. This big wall is not going to protect you for long. And I myself will fight against you with an outstretched hand and with a strong arm, even in anger and in fury and in great wrath. That's right. Guess what? That's what's going to happen even to the believers. Even to the believers, it's called the wrath of the Lamb. And the Lamb of God is Jesus. Why do you think that Jesus is going to be angry with believers? Well, it's pretty simple. Because he showed us what we are supposed to do on this earth as being a part of the kingdom of heaven, our jobs, and people aren't following it. They're not doing it. So he's angry at what they've changed and corrupted the truth and his plan as shepherd on this earth, as Israel corrupted the plan of God for Israel to be the leader's nation to the world for God. Same thing. Israel 
Judah was under attack. God was their enemy because they had turned against God and what he told them to do. Same thing is going to happen with the wrath of the Lamb. So, we see here that in Jeremiah 21, it says, in 5, I'm going to fight you myself. 6, and I will smite the inhabitants of the city, both man and beast. They shall die of great pestilence. Guess what? There was years that they were inside that city, couldn't get out of the city, couldn't leave, and part of that was getting water, okay? So it wasn't very good place to be in there. So, of course, the germs were going to be around. They didn't have any um, good food, and they had all the disease and all the stuff, and they started eating people. Can you imagine what was going on during those last few months? And afterwards, saith the Lord, I will deliver Zedekiah, king of Judah, and his servants, and the people, and such as are left in the city, from the pestilence, from the sword, and from the famine, to the land of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of their enemies, and into the hand of those that seek their life. And he shall smite them with the edge of the sword. He shall not spare them, neither have pity, nor have mercy. And unto this people thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life, and the way of death. So guess what? Even then, God was giving them a chance. Guess what? That's happening today, Christian. Jesus said, follow me. You have a chance. You don't have to wait till the king of Babylon shows up. You've got a chance. And see, even when the king of Babylon showed up, and was outside the city, had not taken the city yet, God had given them one last chance. And so that's where we are right now in the world as believers. King of Babylon has not taken control of this world yet. He has not sent his system here. The Antichrist is not on earth. The supernatural haven't shown up yet, but we know they're around. We can see the signs. We can see what's going on in the world and stuff. And he's getting ready. God's preparing for allowing the Antichrist to arrive on earth. And so we're at that point. You've got a way of life and a way of death. He that abideth in the city shall die by the sword. So you got it? and by the famine, and by the pestilence. So this is God's um, solution for even the people connected to the king. And that solution is this, including the king and all the people in Jerusalem. Nebuchadnezzar is on the outside. Their wall is holding up right now. They're... The, they can't break through the wall, it's too big, and it's too strong, and they can't get through it, and so they think they're protected inside the wall, and so they want God to help them, they want to go, go have God destroy the army that's on the outside of Jerusalem, but God's saying, listen, 
if you stay inside this city and you think this is what's going to protect you, the flesh wall is going to protect you, then you're going to die. Christians, believers, same thing with you. If you think the the things that you're taught in your churches is going to protect you, such as people believing in the dumb rapture thing and all the other nonsense that Christians are being taught today, once saved, always saved, is another wall of protection that you're staying within the flesh city. You're staying in the city and you're not doing what um, we have been told to do by Paul in Ephesians, which is take on the armor of God. You don't have to be inside the city to be protected by God. So, so if you stay in the city and, and, and depend on your flesh means of protecting you, whatever that happens to be, you're going to die. But here's the choice Jeremiah is telling the people. But he that goeth out and falleth to the Chaldeans that besiege you, he shall live and his life shall be unto him for a prey. So guess what? You'll live. All you have to do is open the door, go outside that door, and fall down and give yourselves up and surrender to the Chaldeans. Don't make them break down this wall. And you will live. God says you're going to live. For I have set my face against this city for evil and not for good, saith the Lord. It shall be given unto the hand of the king of Babylon and he shall burn it with fire. Now we were in Jeremiah 52. You see what God even said at the point when the Babylon was surrounding Jerusalem. He gave them a chance. So see, you still have a chance now to stop depending on your churches, stop depending on your flesh nonsense, and start putting on the armor of God and protecting yourself and letting the world do what the world does. And you do the works of the kingdom and do what God tells you to do. And so we know, Jeremiah 52, go there now. We know that they burnt everything down. We have read that already. It's come to pass. They didn't choose life. They chose death. Same with you, Christian. You can choose life. And Jesus says, if you overcome, you'll get a crown of life. You understand? So you have a choice, life or death. And in Jeremiah 52, 24, we're going to pick it up having to do with the religious community in control around the time of King Zedekiah. So, what happens now? 24. 
they've entered the city, they've burned the city, they've taken everything out of the house of God of value. And the captain of the guard took Sarahiah Sarah, of the chief priest and Zephaniah the second priest and the three keepers of the door. These were the main dudes controlling the house of God. He also... He took also out of the city an eunuch which had the charge of the men of war and seven men of them that were near the king's person which were found in the city and the principal scribe of the host who mustered the people of the land and threescore men of the people of the land that were found in the midst of the city. So remember, what did God say? If you surrender to them, you're going to live. If you fight against them and wait for them to come into the city, you're going to die. Well, they chose death, and we're going to find out what happens. So, Nebuzaradan, the captain of the guard, took them and brought them to the king of Babylon, to Riblah. These are the leaders of the religious community and those that were left of the king's household close to him, his advisors and all of that. And the king of Babylon smote them. That's right. He killed them all, so they chose death. And put them to death in Riblah in the land of Hamath. Thus Judah was carried away captive out of his own land. So they didn't kill him in Judah, Jerusalem. Israel, they were taken outside and killed outside of the land of Israel. 28, this is the people whom Nebuchadnezzar carried away captive in the seventh year and 3,000 Jews and 3 and 20. So that means 3,320 Jews or people of Judah, were carried away captive in the seventh year. In the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar, he carried away captive from Jerusalem 832 persons. So, his, you know, the first one was the seventh year. The second one was the 18th year. Sometime later, 832 people taken away. In the 3 and 20th year, so the 23rd year, there was a constant battle against Jerusalem of Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuzaradan, the captain of the God, carried away captive of the Jews 740 and 5 persons. So this last time, 745 people were taken away captive of the Jews. All the persons were 4,600. Came to pass in the 7 and 30th year of the captivity of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, in the 12th month, in the, in the 5 and 20th day of the month, that evil Merodach, king of Babylon, in the first year of his reign, lifted up the head of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and brought him forth out of prison 
and spake kindly unto him and set his throne above the throne of the kings that were with him in Babylon and changed his prison garments and he did continually bread before him all the days of his life and for his diet there was a continual diet even him of the king of Babylon every day a portion until the day of his death all the days of his life. Now you understand that this is the end of Jerusalem. They destroyed it. It's what Jeremiah was warning them about. He went to them for years and years and years. But see, even in captivity, God takes care of certain people. And we see here at the last end here that Jehoiakim, king of Judah, was taken care of, and he wasn't killed. He was taken care of until he died, but he was never taken out of captivity. So Jeremiah chapter 52 tells us that this is what's going to happen as believers in Jesus Christ because... You're not doing what Jesus showed us to do. When Satan and his system arrive on earth, this isn't going to be flesh stuff going on like Israel had to deal with. It's going to be the supernatural. It's going to be the angels. It's going to be Satan's system. And Satan himself will be on earth. Jeremiah 52. Are you going to choose life or death? 